Welcome back, everybody, to Mixed Tech Missions. Uh, Daniel and I are here another week, and uh, today we're going to talk about some pretty interesting topics. Um, we are going to talk about uh, music in Mixed Tech Church Plant, and we're going to talk about uh, which version of the Bible should we use. Um, these kind of might seem like simple uh simple things at first glance but um we're excited for you to kind of follow along in this discussion and hopefully um we'll all uh maybe rethink our ideas about um church planning and uh music and bible selection so daniel tell us a little bit about kind of what happened two weeks ago at the marriage conference and how that kind of mm -hmm. started spurring us to rethink some of these things well, yeah, let's actually back up uh, to last year and uh, when we first were discussing, when we first bought Bibles to be able to distribute, and we were talking about do what translation do we get? Because uh, here in not just Mexico, really Latin America, sort of like there is a translation that is considered to be like the translation. It's called Reina Valera, and specifically the 1960 version for some reason. And um, it's a good translation. It's a reliable translation is very accurate but it's not easy to read so it is it's kind of like a king james kind of uh king james only sort of sentiment that there are among a lot of pastors and churches and um and so you know we were talking about which do we get that or do we get an easier to read translation and so it seems like well we should get an easier to read translation because you know the the people here are not you know, very educated, and Spanish is their second language, and so it seems like easier would be better. However, we also didn't want them to have a stigma, you know, in some of the other churches around here to think that they were some kind of cult because they didn't use the Reina Valera uh, 1960 version. Right. And so we decided to go with Reina Valera. Then, um, and so that's what most of them have had. And then we... Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we had our marriage conference and um, and the the pastor who's leading that um, uh, had a, there was actually somebody in our group that did have a, a different translation that she she had had pr uh, previous to our coming here. And uh, he had um, invited her to read a scripture and, you know, it was in this other uh, translation. And uh, uh, then I think someone else had another translation on their phone. And so everybody started realizing, hey, that's a lot easier to understand than what we have. You know, number one person, said, but it's different. It's not the same thing. Right. I was just a little confused. And, uh, but, uh, you know, and, and then the pastor just kept calling on these other translations to help give a little bit clarity to, to the, to, to what the passage meant. I think that was the first time our group had been exposed. Uh, I think they knew maybe that there was different translations, but I think that was the first time they felt like they had permission to maybe use a different mm -hmm. translation because of the stipulation. Now you got to understand our group here is, 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 uh, the first, um, the only mixed tech Christian group in, in this area. There's, there's one other group, uh, here that we align doctrine with that we can work with. Uh, that's also brand new that was started about the same time. Uh, but there are some groups in surrounding Pueblos that these, these uh, new brothers have had interaction with over the years. And um, some of them even have family members that grew up um, in these other uh, churches with, with conflicting doctrine, if you will. Some of them grew up in those churches. Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where the prerequisite comes. It's not like, you know, you think going indigenous missions, like 
you're ideally, you know, when you're in, in, in seminary and you're taking your missions classes, you're watching videos of, you know, missionaries flying a plane into Papua New Guinea in 1932 and the people have never even, you know, heard of a Bible or anything like that. And so, you know, in that, in that context, it's, you, you have a little bit more freedom to think about, okay, what do I want to present? But real life, Latin America Yes, we're planting churches among the unreached, but there still is this this influence that's mm-hmm. happened over the years, you know, and we're kind of bumping up against that in relation to Bible selection mm-hmm. and music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, so what we did is we did get them some of the easier to read translations, and so we showed them to them this past Sunday. Yeah, an offer to say if you want to trade in your other one and get this one, you're welcome to. And several people did that, but some were not a little bit hesitant about that. Yeah. Um, back it up just a little bit. Yeah. When we were with uh, the pastors that came and visited, we went and did visitation the night before they taught. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what spurred them on to ask those questions about the translation. I think that was intentional because when we went and visited two of the families, they asked, uh, you know, do you read your Bible? Can you know, have you, how do you study the word? And, and they said, well, we try, but it's really hard to understand. And then we went to another house and he got the exact same answer. And so I think that's kind of where, you know, he was, they, they were like, hey, have you guys, you know, thought about translation? And we were like, yeah. And we had that whole discussion. But anyway, um, so I think that's kind of why he was bringing it out in the mm-hmm. discussion, kind of trying to uh, expose them. expose that, mm-hmm. expose that. That's a good word. And um, but yeah, there was one brother and he's a faithful brother. And um, he actually got saved in a totally different place. He got saved in the States. Uh, he was basically spent his whole life in the States uh, working uh, 20-something years. And uh, he got saved in the States and then came back here. And, uh, and he was kind of sitting across from me. And I, I said, hey, you know, like, have you, have you thought about trying a different translation? And he looked at me like I had two heads. And it was very clear that where he, the church that he was saved in, that he was discipled in, in the States, was a Reina Valera-only church. And um, that's a perfect example of how, you know, this church planning idea doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in the real world. Mm-hmm. And there are all kinds of outside influences that are constantly mm-hmm. coming in that are beyond mm-hmm. your control. And so here we have an uh, influential brother in the group who has been taught previously that Reina Valera is the only way. And so his reaction was, no, I'm going to keep my Reina Valera and uh, and then after uh, one of the other guys was like, well, I'll look at that translation. And and we, uh, you know, we gave our approval. The missionaries gave their approval. And so that kind of opens the door for them to at least, you know, test the waters. And um, and he got he got his Bible out. They, they, they had him out next to each other. These two very different translations. And they would kind of pick a verse and read it one and then read it in the other and kind of look at each other and shake their heads. And and um, yeah, so. It wasn't super rocky. I think uh, it was a good choice. Um, and I think that that's going to be revealed even more to us as we continue studying through Acts. If we avoid some confusion or if they show a deeper understanding or an easier understanding as we move forward. But I think uh, the key in this was presenting this information early on, right? We're not four years down the road saying, oh, have you thought about a different translation? Mm-hmm. And to give a little background, there is a uh, Mixtec translation of the New Testament, um, but the problem is they can't read it, and uh, so we do have an audio that we can play, and we do use that. 
Um, but it, it's only the New Testament. There is not the Old Testament. So at the very least, they need a Spanish translation for the Old Testament. And so you know, ideally, we could just all read Mixtec and, and there wouldn't be an issue. And that's the only translation there is. But but it's not quite that easy. Again, you know, you don't do uh, ministry in a vacuum. Um, yes, I agree 100%. If the Mixtec translation was 100% legible by everybody then that is definitely what we use they when they listen to that they understand it far better mm -hmm. but again because of the outside influence and there are people in the group that have been exposed to church already in the past and um they they want to have their bible out mm -hmm. in spanish and they listen to it in mixed deck mm -hmm. and then they read it in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Like if you watch them, they'll listen to the story of mixed deck and then we'll ask questions about what they heard and they'll go back and they'll be reading in Spanish mm -hmm. in their Spanish Bible. So it's a combination of both, which is really a very accurate representation of the culture because kids here, they, they learn mixed deck first. They speak mixed deck in the home. They go to school. They're forced to learn Spanish in school. They learn Spanish in school. And so what typically happens, what we're seeing with this, uh, the younger generations, basically from about 30 years old and, and under, um, they, they're bilingual. Mm -hmm. You know, they read and write in Spanish, but they speak in mixed mm -hmm. you know, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a place for uh the written word mm -hmm. in spanish in the mixed tech church and probably over time uh who knows to say exactly how many but maybe within the next 20 years there's a less and less need for mixed tech and more and more need for spanish anyway and so as it seems that a lot of tradition both in language and other traditions are, are fading out as as the mixed tech world is being opened up to the outside world absolutely more, yeah Absolutely. I mean, Internet's only been here for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and Pastor Javier that came down that did the marriage conference, he has mixed tech family. You know, his grandparents were mixed tech or his dad was mixed tech. And mm -hmm. and he has had lots of experience in other states in Mexico working with mixed tech. Um, and he was surprised at how strong the 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 the, the how do you say the connection to their to their native tongue mm -hmm. and their native culture here in this mm -hmm. Pueblo where we are was compared to other places he'd gone. Like it sounded like other places he'd gone and worked with mixed decks in other States. It's pretty much all Spanish, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but he was very surprised that there was actually a need for mixed deck in this ministry here among mm -hmm. the mixed deck for the language. Yeah. And like you said, the internet is pre uh, prevalent now and you got satellite dishes for tv and mm -hmm. more and more people are um, going outside of the community to work whether in other parts of mexico or to the united states so yeah the exposure is only growing to the outside world and so you know, i think we'll have a lot of shifts here culturally in the next within the next generation definitely um the beauty of it is the word doesn't change yeah and so i think that's an important thing for us to take away from this discussion is uh, missiology is important. And uh, yes, we want to relate to our people. We want to present the word to them in a way that they can understand and grasp and apply to their life. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, whatever it takes to convey the word, and it's important that we don't take our, uh, we don't establish our opinions and our thoughts of what it should be before we come in, right? Like we didn't come to this place saying, 
where we're going to go take the gospel to the mix deck and we are only going to use the mix deck bible because that's what they best understand and we're going to do this and we're going to do that like you have to allow the reality of the situation um to dictate how you present the word and here it it means a spanish translation of the bible that they can read and understand and yes they they most of them can read right and they prefer to read god's word not just listen to it and so it's what we're learning with although i think before i ever came here what i had learned in seminary in, in regard to missions um and what i had received in training prior to coming to the field told me probably predominantly that uh that might not be the case that maybe it needed to be strictly oral mm -hmm. um but what we're learning is no the the people prefer they want to read God's word in Spanish and they want to speak in mixed deck mm -hmm. and they want to hear it in mixed deck. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a combination of the two. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see um, if they end up choosing a particular version. Uh, there's three versions floating around the group at this point. Um, some of them have uh, different versions on their phone and then we've handed out uh, two written versions paper copies and so it'll be interesting to see if they gravitate towards one or if it's kind of a if it's kind of a blend yeah and then online you can get about 20 different translations so yeah who knows yeah it'll be interesting to see um what i would really like to see is uh a combination you know i would love for them it'd be really cool if like you know one person reads a scripture from the reign of Valera and then another person's like, well, let's see what it says in this other version and then let's th talk about it, you know, and they start kind of uh, doing that type of study where, you know, um, that, that would be neat to see. Uh, but either way, we'll just see what they do. Again, we got to let them make these decisions. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. other thing we want to talk about was music. Um, we're kind of give us a little background on the situation, the music situation in the group, because right now we have no worship. Yeah. So we are just a Bible study. Um, it's, you know, we have baptized people, but other than that, uh, we are not a, a church. We're not formally organized or performing the functions of a church. But, um, but I think they're gradually starting to think of themselves that way. And here soon, within the next couple of months, we're going to start teaching them on what the Bible says about being a church. So we, uh, we have not included worship in our, um, our gatherings. Uh, we have on occasion sung a song or two um, where, you know, when we had the baptisms, we've sung a couple songs. Um, but other than that, we have not yet uh, two important things. One is I, all the men in our group are in a band <laughs> together. And so prior to becoming Christians, they, they're all related. They're brothers or cousins and, and they were in a band, and so they're all very, you know, musically gifted, and um, and so that's great for this church because they will have the ability and the talent to to hopefully, you know, really create some original stuff, in, you know, in their own language. Um, but and also, um, you know, there's the internet, and so they've gone and found stuff they liked online and listened to it. You know, you and I have worked with them on the job site. In building houses and they got the music playing so you know what we like to worship too is 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 different than what they like you know we listen to more of the uh sort of um christian rock influenced worship music whereas uh they prefer uh, the Me mexican styles which is 
sort of a Mexican version of country music, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So so that's kind of where we are right now. Is um, is you know they they have exposure to worship. We have not yet started implementing worship and singing into our gatherings. Um, but you know what's the easy thing to do, and what has traditionally been done by missionaries is we'll bring in my music and translate it uh, and teach them to sing those songs. I used to love going to uh, one of the churches in Tilapa because I knew all the songs because mm-hmm. they sung mm-hmm. translated hymns. Mm-hmm. And I, even though they're translated, I knew the rhythm mm-hmm. and I could really, it, 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 it felt good, you know, uh, even though I was outside of my culture to worship um, in that context with those translated hymns. So we're kind of up against, up against another question, right? Um, you know, what do you do as, as the missionary? Do you, there's two extremes. The two extremes would be hand them a Baptist hymnal and ask them to translate it, work with them to translate it mixed deck and teach them the rhythms and sing that. That's one extreme. The other extreme is to say, no, we, you can't do any of that because that's from our, our culture. We want you to start from zero and come up with some, some mixed deck type music, and that's what's correct here. Um, those are kind of the two ends of the spectrum. Uh, where do you think we're going to kind of land on this and why, Daniel? Well, I think it is important for them to have their own music in their own language that they have written. Um, I think that's going to connect to them at a heart level uh, more than other music would. Um, and so, and they have the ability to do that, to write the music. Um, and so we have that advantage here. So I think what, what I lean to do is, is encourage them to, to, to write and to work on that. However, I don't think it's wrong for us to introduce them to other songs, even, even hymns, because one thing that hymns can provide is maybe a little more depth of theology. And so that can be a teaching vehicle uh, whereas the songs that they're writing are going to be limited to their own experience. Whereas, you know, if you have some other songs, um, especially hymns, that come from more mature Christians, it can introduce them to more concepts that they have not yet experienced or fully understand. One of the things, again, going back to that that time we had with Pastor Javier was uh, was great because he's been doing this here in Mexico for almost 50 years. And... Um, and he is mixed deck, or at least has, I mean, he's very much not mixed deck. He's a city boy, but he's been doing this for a long time, and he understands the people, and he's been working with indigenous, not just mixed deck, but other indigenous groups all over Mexico. And, um, you know, he he brought it to our attention, which we already knew, but he just reiterated the fact that mixed deck uh, music is a huge part of the mixed deck culture, and uh, using music to teach uh, is a, a very easy pathway uh, to teach good theology, sound mm-hmm. theology. We do it in our culture, and I think it's going to apply in this culture. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're saying about the hymns is very a- applicable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, some of the songs, we were talking earlier about some of the, the, the secular songs that they have that are mixed tech. And when you listen to the lyrics, the rhythm is, is catchy, and, and um, the, the music is, they're very talented, you know, uh, when it comes to the composition of the music. But the lyrics are very simple. They're almost like nursery rhymes, you know, like uh, the bull eats the grass, uh, lasso the bull, the bull is walking, 
you know, I'm going to chase the bull away. We're going to go eat more grass with the bull. Or another one, another one that I have partially translated just because I heard it so many times is uh, the grasshopper. The grasshopper flies. The grasshopper lands. The grasshopper is beautiful, you know. And so I think that uh, your observation about introducing some of these other hymns is, 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 is wise. Um, and it's already happening. So I went Monday night uh, to visit one of the one of the new brothers that has been fairly distant lately and uh, went with some of our hands on guys and uh, and my kids. And and we took a drum and a mandolin to just go play some music. And if you guys jump around on our YouTube channel, you might find a video on it. Uh, It was a pretty fun evening. But. um, when they they wanted to play worship music because you know i was there right it's like oh the pastor's here we can't play secular music and i didn't say anything you know we're just kind of noodling around and he went over to his shelf and he found this little uh book and it was very old little book tattered and uh he pulled this book off his shelf and it was basically a uh, a worship book from uh from a pentecostal church uh, that his family members had gone to back in the day. And, uh, and he pulled it out and he put it down and he started playing, you know, and it's some of these songs that we've heard around here, you know, some of them are translated hymns. Uh, some of them are probably written here in Mexico or whatever. I don't really know the history, but they're not mixtech songs, mm-hmm. but that's part of who this group is. Mm-hmm. And so those, that music is naturally going to be part mm-hmm. of it. Um, and so I think we're going to end up somewhere in the middle. Um, and speaking to what you said, these guys are, they're musicians, mm-hmm. right? Like it's only a matter of time before they start writing their own music, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the anniversaries, we've talked about that, how it's kind of like the substitution, mm-hmm. you know, event that Christian churches do here in this, in the, in the, in the, the area that we're in. Um, some of these other denominations have anniversary, uh, gatherings and they all invite everybody from the different Mm -hmm. denominations i'll tell you what man these guys understand unity a whole lot better than we do in our culture Mm -hmm. we can take some notes from on that Mm -hmm. but um i wouldn't be surprised if one day we see these guys being kind of the new you know anniversary christian group you know yeah (laughs) yeah and you know this issue just really speaks to broader issues of missiology because you know as you kind of mentioned with the music you know there can be two extremes and there tends to be the reaction, you know, in current days and especially in, in our culture to sort of the colonialism of the past. Yes. And so, you know, you've come to recognize, you know, in our country that how, uh, you know, and in the West in general, how, um, you know, Western nations as they colonialize different parts of the world tend to be very kind of um, uh, patron, what's the word? Um, kind of you know, looking down a little bit on the natives and, you know, here, let me teach you how to be civilized right. and let me show you all the right way to do things and help you dress properly and, and all these kind of things and kind of not value the the culture, the, the indigenous culture mm. and what they can bring to the table. Um, and so there is, I think, could be an overreaction to that to where, you know, we can't influence them at all in even to some, don't even think you should be able to teach them directly because you're, you're, you're too much influence and um you know it should be all coming out of you know their own culture um but one i don't think that's very biblical i don't see paul having being that concerned 
uh, you know, being uh, hyperly concerned about that. I mean, he went and he taught. You know, he That's spent right. time with uh, churches and taught them, and he wrote them letters. Um, and plus, I, I mean, you, you they need a teacher. I mean, you go, you, you have a group of brand new Christians. Um, they're not going to get very far if if everything has to come out of them. That's right. Um, and so, you know, I think there, you know, we have things that, I mean, we don't want to be colonialists, but there's good things that we can offer them. And we don't want it to be, this is the way. We're not coming here to build, um, you know, you could recognize where all the Mormon churches are um, in the different towns because they're the buildings with the steeples. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their architecture is nothing like the rest of the architecture around it. You know, it could be a church that they just dropped out of the middle of Indiana and placed here in Mexico. Yep. You know, we're not trying to do that, saying this is the way to do it. Um, but I don't think it's bad for us to have influence either. No, I, I agree. And uh, like most things, um, we just keep going back to the word. We go back to the word. And when the word isn't clear, we present uh, any facts that we have and, and allow them to make a decision and uh and try and cultivate that decision and uh you know again some there there is the there are times where we need to exhort and i'm sure along the road there'll be decisions that we make and we might need to say hey you might want to rethink that let's go back and look at scripture again let's look at this this and let's look at that but um you know we we want to plant a healthy church a healthy new testament church and how they dress and what they sing um, and what version of the Bible they use isn't our primary concern. Mm-hmm. Our primary concern is that they read and understand God's word and that they learn to love him and that they learn to worship them uh, with, a, with, a, with their whole heart, you know, and, um, and teach others uh, to understand the love of God and to love God. And um, I, think, I think that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And if we can mm-hmm. get there, then it's a win. Yep. Yep. Well, um, anyway... It's been fun hanging out with you guys again, and um, we'll see you next week.